Hey, before we get started on this podcast, I want to thank one of our great sponsors, National Car Wash Solutions, for sponsoring this podcast. If you're interested in any car wash solutions, whether it's equipment, maintenance, service, education, marketing, or even vacuum systems here in North America, they provide it all. So if you want more information about National Car Wash Solutions and what they can do for you and your car wash, go to ncswash.com. Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Hello, Car Wash Nation. This is David Begin. Welcome to this episode of the How of Car Washing. I've got uh, my good friend now, Matt Bronk who's become my friend, not my, uh, not, not, your employee. not my trusted, <laughs> uh, not my trusted employee or manager. Uh, so, uh, Matt, thanks for doing this again. This is one yeah. thing we want to do before the transaction took place, but we didn't get a chance to. So your current title, district manager, yeah. uh, is it safe to say car wash USA? Yeah. Okay. Car wash USA express district manager. Okay, yeah. good, good. So you, uh, you've taken, taken on more responsibility than you had with me. You've got five or six washes now. Yeah. Five. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. So you've had to learn, how to kind of deal on a level of level or a scale that maybe you didn't have to with me. So yeah. 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 Relearning a lot of stuff. Yeah. New equipment, new IT systems. Yeah. Just pretty much everything. But you've, well, one thing we were talking before the podcast, Matt has a great mindset about that. And, uh, one thing about change is you can always expect it. Yeah. It's the only constant in the universe. It's the only constant, right? (laughs) So you, we when and I asked you, you know, what were some of the mindset thoughts you had during the transition, and you said you love a challenge. Yeah, and, I do. Uh, and one it thing keeps I, me busy. Yeah, one thing I've liked about you is you've always had, a, even with me, maybe having a little less positive mindset. You've always had a great positive mindset when you approach things. Right. And so, you know, what are a few of the thoughts that you've kind of told yourself through this transition that you've gone through that's that's helped you adjust? Um. Really, it's it's how can I help, you know? So I look at, you know, I might get frustrated about something, but then I get the opportunity to fix it. So, um, you know, you might get frustrated. Well, what, why aren't we doing it this way? Or why, why aren't we doing it that way? Well, that's just an opportunity in my opinion, right? That's just another challenge. Okay, I can tackle this. I can figure this out. We can write a policy on it. We can do a pr- new procedure on it. We can do new expectations on it. So I just look at it. What what is the next challenge, and how can I make us better? That's great. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's really just about making the company better and making you know helping helping the customers, helping the employees, whatever I can do to help. Yeah, and I I think the secret key to people thriving uh, in any environment, whether it's orderly or chaotic or different, is looking for opportunities. So absolutely, seeing, seeing there's always opportunities wherever you're at, whatever role you're in. There's always an opportunity and the people that I believe thrive and get promoted and, and get recognized are the ones that see the opportunity. So even if you're a tunnel loader, for example, yeah. you know, there's opportunities, there's opportunities to take responsibility. There's opportunities to do things better. There's opportunities to suggest new ways and better ways of doing things. Yes. So, you know, I yeah, always Even want- if you're a tunnel loader, you have the most opportunity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you're at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So I went I went back through our wash yesterday, got my car washed, and Stefan, yeah. my, my favorite employee, yeah, was loading. Awesome. And I'm thinking, this guy is just so awesome. He loves 
customers. He loves people. Yep. And he is the best loader I think I've ever seen in yeah, 13 years <laughs> of washing cars because he just has a great attitude about yes, it. And he's a he guy does. that's embraced his opportunity. And uh, so it was just, I, he puts a smile on my face. But I was going yep. through the tunnel. I said, you know what? Stefan puts a smile on my face every time I go through the tunnel. He does. And I just, I rolled on my window give him a high five. He says, have a blessed day. Yep. And I just feel so good. And and he is, he personifies what I've always wanted in every employee is take advantage of your opportunities, you know, and make it a great day. Every day yeah. is your day. It's, it's a brand new slate. It's a brand new opportunity. What type of impact are you going to have on people? And he's a good example of somebody that gives, gives love. So yes. I always, always tell the tunnel loaders, give a little bit of love to everybody that comes through that yeah. tunnel because you have no idea what they're going through. You know, that's true. And he totally agrees with that. Yeah. He even says that he does. I go by there just to get into a better mood sometimes. Yeah. With, with him. And he <laughs> yeah. just, he just, he, he demonstrates just to, he just cares about people, you know? Yeah. And he, he, he will never realize the lives that he changes for people that go through the tunnel, people having right. a bad day, they're frustrated. He he just he's you know I, I yeah. Mean, so he, he's 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 such a great example. So, um, you know, Stefan wants to be a district manager one day. I think yeah. he'll he's 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 got the right mindset. Yeah, we're gonna work with him on that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm gonna start the process uh, to move him into management soon. Good. So, yeah. Yeah. You know he. His areas of opportunity are aren't going to be a lot on the people and customer side, right? It's going to yeah. be more of it's going to be more on the admin, equipment, administrative side of things that he's going to struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he might not struggle, but those are going to be his areas of opportunity. Yeah, and I think you've done you did a great job. Uh, you know, still doing a good job of people development. I mm-hmm. think you've got kind of a heart for people. You've got training in that. You've got your master's degree in human resource management. So. You know, one of one of the things I did like about you and the reason why I hired you is because you did have that people component, right? And you know, you've worked with people that are I'm going to say blue collar, if that's okay to say. Yeah, that's totally. Yeah, so yeah, you know, that's you, my that's my area. Yeah, I like blue collar. <laughs> so you you've worked with those people and you understand them. You understand what what they're you know where they come from. You understand yeah. that they generally have to be taught skills. Yeah, they don't come in with a lot of skills necessarily. They don't. You're you're talking about hiring. You know, close to minimum wage or non skilled workers. Yeah, you know, some of them. A lot of the guys you know used to either do. Um, landscaping or, you know, they worked at 7-Eleven or something like that. And so they're not like skilled per se in a certain area. So you have the opportunity to develop and mold them um, for the car wash. And that's, I love that. Yeah. You know, someone that comes in, they're eager, um, they want to learn, they have a decent skill set and you can train them. So it's, it's like someone says, oh, well, they don't have any car wash experience. Good. Then yeah. They don't have any bad they, any bad habits that I have to break them of in the car wash. Yeah, you know, we, I, we, I can train them from day one the way I want them trained. We hired people with car wash experience. Did you find that more challenging? Um, some sometimes it's challenging because you get the people that say, "Well, at when I when I worked at this place, this is how we did it." And sometimes that's fine, and other times it's not. And well, we have a different expectation here, so you got to kind of transition them over to that. And if they're not open minded about it, it's a struggle. So I would say it's very helpful sometimes, but also it's a struggle with certain things. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it, it's, it's not as easy, I think, to train a manager 
um, at a higher level. So if you hire in a site manager that doesn't have car wash experience, I think that's a little bit more challenging. But if you can bring them in at a low level, you know, at, at a tunnel attendant or a, a shift leader or something like that, bring them at that level and then train them up to a site manager level. I think it's probably easier if they don't have car wash experience at that point, because I can mold them how I want them. Yeah. And so. it seems like car washes nowadays, because there's so many car washes getting built, we're seeing a, even a larger shortage of talent, experienced yeah. talent in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's probably only going to get worse. Yeah, you know, I it, think it will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's So people are going to have to get good at training and developing people and making them good car washers that don't, didn't have experience car washing. Yeah. And, and if you're not, if you're an owner or a manager and you're not investing the time and energy in your people and you don't have a process, you're going to be at a major disadvantage. Because Absolutely. I think customers can tell the difference between a place that's well run and a place that's not well run. Of course they can. And, and, and the people, to me, are the, the differentiator. Absolutely. Yeah. Your human resources are your most valuable resource. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's a lesson that I learned probably, you know, the last three or four years that the people are the most important component. And you want to have a place where people like to work, where people mm -hmm. are being challenged, where people are being trained. Yes. Because people like expectations. Yeah. We just, we were talking about yeah. that before we started recording, but people do like expect They yeah. want it. They want to know. Uh, for, for, for the most part, people yeah. want, want to know what the expectations are and want to know what the policies are and the procedures. Yeah. Generally speaking, people want to be challenged. They want to know the rules. They want to follow the rules. They want to exceed expectations generally. Yeah. Right. You have your bad apples or your few every once in a while, but those aren't, uh, those are an outlier. Yeah. Right. So, um, you, if you, if you have the mindset of, of anything else, then you're doing yourself a disservice, right? Because yeah. if you have a mindset, oh, this person doesn't want to learn that, or they, oh, they don't want to exceed expectations, then you're doing yourself a disservice because most likely they do, and you just haven't brought it out in them yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So w when you hire somebody new, they've got expectations, and they're thinking about, I just joined this company. Did I make the right decision? And one thing that uh, mm -hmm. Steve Goudreau taught me when I hired him you know, many, many years ago was, you know, people are still interviewing after they get hired. Yeah, they're still deciding if they want to work for you or not. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. they're wondering, did I make a good decision? Yeah. And so what are some things that you think are key to get people through that process of, did I make a good decision to, I did make a good decision? Oh, yeah. So you have to have, um, I think you have to have a, a people development program. So you have to say, um, there has to be, even in your interview process, it needs to be structured. You need to have interview guides. You need to coach people through how to do interviews. You need to set in on interviews with site managers and things like that. Make sure you have a process that's being followed so that people are comfortable to begin with. So when they walk in, you show them around, you set them down, you make them feel comfortable, you follow the process. Um, and then on day one, you have to have an onboarding process. So day one, when they come in, they need to feel comfortable that you know what you're doing and that you're not disorganized. So you come in, do paperwork, do training, have them read the employee handbook or whatever policies they need, um, set them up in the systems and all that. So like you need to have a structure day one because that day, sometimes they're going to decide to leave. Right. So if you don't have a structure, they might just not come in the next day. Really? I say this is, yeah, it happens all the time. Okay. So, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've seen it, I've seen it with even us, you know, so it's just one of those things that you have to keep an eye on because people are going to decide, 
there's a statistic out there, so don't quote me on it, but I think it's something like people decide within their first um, 30 to 90 days where they're going to stay with the company long term yeah. or not, right? So, yeah. you know, the first month, they're still, they're still kind of evaluating whether they want to be a part of what you're doing. And so b- besides the onboarding on day one, what are some of the other things that you think works to your advantage from day two to day 30, for example, that helps them realize this is the right place to be? So training and expectations. Setting expectations, say this is how we do things here, um, and just that alone will help them make the decision. Because you say, okay, this is the expectation. You have to do this every time. Um, And if they decide they don't want to do that, then they're just going to leave, and maybe you're better for that, right? Because maybe you didn't want that person. Yeah, and one of the things we did is we did some training last year with Chris Plackey, who's Mm -hmm. a management coach, which Mm -hmm. helped me tremendously just as an owner Mm -hmm. because I was losing my mind over a number of different things. But it also helped you as a manager. And I love the term expectations because we used to call them rules or guidelines or policies. But to me, the word expectations felt better. Yeah, Right. It wasn't a threatening situation. You got rules you got to follow. Right. It's just these are the expectations we have for our employees. And it just to me, it it just when when she she uses that term a lot. And when she when it sort of crystallized and clarified to me how to manage managing based on people's expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And people want expectations. They do. And that's and I'm the I I love it. Like when I walk in, this is the expectation. You got to do this, you know, three times a week, whatever. It's perfect for me. Yeah. I love it. You yeah. Know, I love structure. I want to meet expectations or exceed them. Yeah. Right. And I feel like a lot of people are the same way. Yeah. So they want to know, they want to know what defines the job and what defines them doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, my, my coach, Dan Sullivan calls it, how, how can you train somebody to be a hero? So how can you have a tunnel, how can a tunnel loader be a hero to the customer? Right, right. Yeah, and and so you might, so many ways for them to do that too. Yeah, you might like list out on. here. Here are the ten things you can do to be a hero. Right? right, and and these are our expectations. But it was so much easier for us for me to communicate expectations rather than rules and policies and regulations and all those things. Those, those things didn't resonate with the employees. Right. And, you know, my my personality type is I'm I like creating things, but I'm terrible about implementing things. That right. I was just horrible about it. But you were great <laughs> in implementing things. Yeah. And and I could tell you we need to get this implemented and I could give it to you, give you some framework and you were good about going off and doing it. And and that gets back to you've got to have different types of people in your organization. So if you're an owner uh or the investor in you're not good at that. You've got to get somebody who's good at that. Yeah. So I think it kind of came together for me when you had me read that book, Rocket Fuel. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, great. For great. sure. So, yeah. um, written by, do you remember? I don't. Gino Wickman. Okay. So he's got a whole methodology called the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Yes. That uh, I've, I've even had friends in the industry. So I've got uh, the guys at Aqualab, for example, oh, okay. have implemented EOS. And so they, they've, uh, you know, obviously they've read the book, but they, they've implemented that as a management tool within their company. Right. Yeah. But it kind of helped me, it kind of helped me with how you viewed our relationship as well. So I'm the guy who implements and, and creates the structure and follows up and sets expectations and, and, and make sure that, that your idea runs smooth, but you're the you're the guy who gives me the ideas, right? Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? So it hel- it just helped me. Like, I, I want to try this. I want to try that. 
Um, I, I totally want to try new things and whatever we can do to make things run smoother and better. So it helped me a lot with just understanding kind of my role of what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, that's good. That's, that's I good. definitely recommend that book for small businesses. Yeah, yeah. Because I was terrible at that. And I, I, I always felt bad that I felt like I didn't, we, we ran a great car wash anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. But I was bad. I felt terrible because I wasn't able to give the employees what they needed when it came to policy and procedures and structure. This episode of the How a Car Washing is brought to you by National Car Wash Solutions. National Car Wash Solutions is the parent company of the industry-leading brands McNeil, Ryco, Clean Touch, TSS, and Vacutech. NCS provides the finest car wash systems, cleaning solutions, maintenance and service, education, marketing, and vacuums in all of North America. They offer their products and services that help car wash operators like you grow their customer base, increase loyalty, and become more profitable. To learn more about NCS, just visit their website at ncswash.com. That's ncswash.com. I had on my plate for probably seven years writing a policy and procedures manual. Yeah. And I never got it done because it just, it just wasn't me. It was, you know, it was, you know, I'd rather stick bamboo shoots under my fingernails than write a policy manual. See, but but I like writing. That's right. And so, and so. I can't even remember how many I wrote (laughs) and we implemented, I can't even remember. We did, we had to have done at least 10 in a year. We did. And some of them were long. Yeah. They were a little long. I think, you know, you got to make up. It'd be great to have a standard policy and procedures manual you could sell to somebody or give to other car wash operators, but they're not right. they're not really out there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you kind of kind of my my goal was hey, I'm gonna write one policy every week, mm-hmm. and then you'd have 52 policies in a year, which is yeah. good. You know, you might end up with two or three hundred policies at the end of the day. But uh, it is a challenge. The guys that uh, that I know that are good in this industry. Has spent the time and energy and money to develop policy manuals. Yeah. So they so somebody can go to a book, look at it, and uh, and be able to uh, refer to it. Right. But uh, yeah, but you you know you you were such a you were so good with employees, and and we saw the results in that. You know, toward, toward, toward the end, what what, yeah. what what were some of the results that we saw? Um, turnover. Okay. Turnover is the biggest one. So we had high turnover. Um. And then that kind of, we kind of got that in check by the end of uh, 2018. So I, quarter two of 2019, we actually had no turnover. Yeah, which is yeah. crazy. So we didn't lose anybody. I didn't hire anybody that, I actually forgot my E-Verify password. Ah, I hadn't, that's awesome. Because I hadn't hired anybody in months. <laughs> so, I mean, that, and that was the biggest thing. And I think that's when you came to me and said, everything's running smooth. Like, what's going on? And I'm like, Man, there's there's been no turnover. Like everybody's trained up, you know. It just and holding people accountable to get the training done too, you know, that helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. So. We we struggled with that, but I think you did a good job of making sure that the man, site managers were held accountable, that people were trained. Yeah, properly. You, and you have to. So at you know at the beginning, it was kind of just uh, hey guys, get this done type thing, and then by the end, I said okay, well it's on. I put it on your store inspection, and every time it's you know you're not caught up, I'm docking you which is going to affect your bonus. Yeah. And so then they just caught it all up. So <laughs> one thing you were better at, and I got to ask you this, um, you were much better at this than I was, but when I found, so if I checked up and I found out that people were not 
training. So they weren't mm-hmm. using the books. They weren't using the outlines that you and I, uh, we, we created or mm-hmm. I created. I used to just get mad about it. Mm-hmm. I go, I've asked these people to do it. They're not doing it. And I just got angry about it. Right. right? And, <laughs> and that wasn't a good place to be because I didn't know how to, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do after that. Right. But you seem to be much better at, okay, I've asked somebody to do something. They're not doing it. Mm-hmm. What what do you do next? I first want to look into why. So so you can jump to conclusions all yeah. you want. <laughs> so you go in you say, hey, your training books aren't caught up. This isn't being done. What's going on? And then you you might get an excuse that you don't want to hear, or you might get a fact that's, uh, you know, two people quit last week or, you know, uh, so there was a death in the family. Someone took time off or, you know, there's there's all these things that are legitimate things that can get in the way. So you have to look and say, is this a legitimate thing that got in the way or is it an opportunity? What's going on? And a lot of times it would just be an opportunity. It would be, okay, you have an opportunity to do this better. What steps can we take? What can we implement that helps you. Do we need to say we have a mandatory training hour every day where you, you put it on the schedule where you specifically have to pull somebody aside every day and train them for an hour on something? Is that something that we need to look at? So really I'm looking for the opportunity. What can I do to ensure this gets done and how do I have to hold them accountable to it? So you really kind of have to just dig in and, and not just assume that some people are being lazy um, and, and a lot of times, I think in car washing, we do that all the time is we jump to conclusions about why something's not being done Okay, and we don't work there. You know what I mean? Most yeah. of the time we're not there day in, day out, all day, every day. And that's helpful for us to, to, to train site managers because we have fresh set of eyes. So we, we can tell them, Hey, this is what I actually think is going on because I'm not here all the time. So I'm not kind of in this, this kind of stores culture, but Really, you just have to dive into it and find out why. What What's holding us back from getting the training done? What can we implement to help get it trained? Do we need to give you, do we need to budget you a certain amount of training hours or something like that to where you have extra time to do it? Um, do we need to put somebody in charge of, of each person? You know, do we need to, and it's all an expectations thing, so... Um, set, set the expectation and then follow up and hold them accountable. Okay. So that's what you were better at than I ever was. Cause I would, you know, tell them, Hey, we've got to get this done. Okay. I'll get it done. I'll get it done. But I, I never followed up. Well, and, and there's that too. And, and you, you tell somebody something and you expect it to be done. Yeah, I do. I, yeah. I mean, I, I expect them to be self-motivated. Yes. And not that they're not necessarily motivated, but they've got competing priorities sometimes. Absolutely. And that's another thing is where is that training on their priority list. Is it number five? You know, like you, you have to communicate that like, Hey, this is a higher priority than you're making it. I need you to bump it up on your priority list. Go over what you think is stopping you from doing these things. And then I will tell you what, what order I want your priority list to be in. Okay. Okay. But, but you were really good about following up most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be back next week. I'm not perfect, but I'm definitely, I, I definitely take a lot of notes and I try to schedule things so I can I can follow up. So. That, that was such a big difference with you and the other operations site managers that I hired is your ability to take notes. Right. Because you had to keep, there was so much information that was coming at you from the sites or coming at from me. Yeah. To, to, to look at it, go back at it, get it organized, I think was critical. Yeah. 
the task management system is is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we, yeah, that's what we used it. was what was Asana, and yeah. we used that for our meetings. We used it for, and that helped me out a lot too. Because if you and I had a weekly meeting, I could go back and look at last week's meeting, and you yeah. would you would update the status, the progress. Yeah, you, yeah. We have a task list for each meeting, and I go in there and put comments on where I'm at. Check it off if it's done. I put a comment either way, unless it's something super obvious. But yeah, I mean that's that's really helpful. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, for me, it was just like, okay, what do you want to talk about this week? You know, <laughs> it was up to me. I would just be la 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 la. I'm surprised I even got through this <laughs> this car wash experience with uh, with with any semblance of success. But uh, you know, but yeah, so. You know, you got to, you, if you're not great at note taking, figure out a way to do it. You got to come up with a system. We've talked about mm-hmm. that forever. Henry talks about systems. You've got to come up with a system that works for you. Whether you have to. And, and I wasn't like, you've got to do this in Asana or you got to do this on paper or whatever. I wanted you to find a system that worked for you. Yeah. I typically take notes in a notebook and then upload it into Asana. So basically just data entry for my yeah. notes and yeah. track it online. But, I like it because I wake up in the mornings and I get notifications on my phones of everything I need to get done for the day. Oh, that's good. It's like, you need to do this, this, and this. And then I remember, yeah, oh, yeah, I got to get that done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So w- when you first started, you were kind of in a state of overwhelm. I think that'd be... be a, yeah, of course. <laughs> be a, that'd be an understatement. And yeah. I tried to give you some ideas or some tips to, okay, you got a million things to do. How are you going to prioritize? And I, I always am a big believer in the three things. What are the three mm-hmm. things you're going to get done today? Yeah, significant did, things. Did, did did you ever implement that, or did you, your guys implement that, or what, what were some of the um, results? I wouldn't say that I implemented it with the site managers, but I did, I did to an extent, but we did operations calls. So we did two operations calls a week, and I had an agenda for that, and they would have to, um, you know, we add and remove things from the agenda as needed. So I say, are you still working on this? And it would just stay on there until they got it done. So I would just say, okay, so this is the fifth time we've brought this up in the meeting. When is this going to be done? You know, so by when are you going to get it done and just got to hold them accountable for it. So I wouldn't necessarily have them pick three things. Um, but there were three categories that I always looked at. So there was at least one thing in each category. So Maybe it was three things, but, you know, maybe it was 10. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I always look at people, customers, and equipment. So where are we at with our people? Are we developing them? Whose training are we behind on, et cetera? How are we with customers? Are there damage claims we need to talk about? Are there complaints we need to talk about? How are your numbers? Is, you know, are you, are you hitting your goals? Things like that. And then equipment. What's down? What's not working right? And so I always look at those three categories, and that's what I did pretty much every operations call and I'm doing it with a new company. We're starting Monday with our new operations call. I've got the same format to an extent. It's a little different cause it's a different company, but yeah. And I'm just going to hit it with that. And I literally had site managers begging me to start the operations calls against because they say they don't feel organized. They don't know what's going on and they need it. Interesting. And yeah. So, and I feel, <laughs> I feel the same way to an extent, but they, they really, want to know what the expectations are on like a weekly basis and we haven't been doing the calls and so they're like matt when are we going to get the calls back like i need the call (laughs) i had one i had a site manager call me at seven o'clock in the morning the other day and say when are we starting the operations calls i feel so disorganized i don't know what to do okay and so so you you helped them you gave them a structure in which to get organized exactly yeah, and hold them accountable to it. So it's always, it's always you, you always follow up from the last meeting. Okay, here was the task list or the to-do list from the last meeting. Where are we at with that? 
you know, and a lot of times you get, oh, I didn't do that, or oh, I forgot about that. I'm like, okay, well, it's just going to stay on the agenda until it's done. Yeah. So we're going to bring it up every time. <laughs> <laughs> you were good at that. Thank goodness you were good at that because I was <laughs> terrible at it. Um, I, you know, pe- people knew if they just waited me out a week or two, I'd forget. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's typical, right? I mean, yeah. you can't remember everything. I know, but so. I, I'm terrible about that. So I, I took a Colby assessment. I think you did too. We probably mm-hmm. ought to bring those out, but I, I, I'm a high quick start, which means I come up with ideas pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but my follow through is like a two. So it, right. it's between a two is one and a 10 is the scale. Right. My follow up is a two. Okay. And that is that means I'm not naturally good at it. I right. think yours was like a seven or an eight, and that's right. what one reason I had to get somebody who was complimentary to me and follow through because right. I was terrible at follow through, and I needed somebody who was good at follow through. Right. And so you you had that capability. Good deal, Matt. Thank you so much. Great yeah, discussion. Definitely. I love doing this. This was fun, and love visiting uh, how things were. And hopefully, people got some benefit. And uh, if you have any questions, reach out to Matt. So thank you so much for joining this episode of the how of car washing you can go to our website thehowofcarwashing.com we love you to leave a comment if you will give us some ideas on um you know future episodes if you got people you think we ought to interview we'd love to do that and uh you know you can also leave a comment on itunes stitcher spotify google podcast i don't know we're on a bunch of bunch of them now so <laughs> you, you should be able to find us but if you can't, go to our website. You can listen to it on your on the website at thehowofcarwashing.com. So thanks so much. This is David Begin. We'll catch you next time on The How of Car Washing. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The How of Car Washing. And I once again want to thank our sponsor, National Car Wash Solutions. If you're interested in any aspect of car wash equipment, maintenance, service, education, or marketing, they're the people to go to. If you want to find out more information about National Car Wash Solutions, go to ncswash.com. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.